podcast with Dan and Scott. Hottest golf podcast, whether you like it or not. Fresh from back in the day when that's a put at the park. 7 a.m. PM special where they played after dark. From the birds to the focus to the losses and the win. Welcome podcast, patron to the show, lead the pen. Get busy golfing or get busy dying. Hottest golf podcast and the swing ain't lying. Welcome back, podcast patrons, to another episode of Leave the Pin Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dan. Got my good buddy, Scott, here. Want to give a big shout-out to Tiger Hoods for wrapping us in to tonight's episode. Scott, what is the good word? What is the good word? Well, it's January, so, you know, the Hawaii swing is over and back to the mainland. And All right. I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Football's kicking up, you know, getting ready to go for the Super Bowl. Well, golfer extraordinaire Tom Brady is is uh, you know what Scott? He's winning, but realistically, he's cutting into his golf time. I'm not so sure that Drew Brees didn't get the better end of that deal. Well, when you belong to uh, you know all the the private clubs that Tom Brady probably belongs to and or gets to play, uh, you know what? What's another Super Bowl ring when you have that many? You could be playing whatever golf course you want, pretty much, you know, with a phone call. So that's what he should be doing. Got to figure at some point in time, very soon. I mean, most people would have thought it had already happened. But sooner than later, you got to kind of think like, you know what, man, I'm going to ride off into the sunset and just really, truly enjoy this golf experience that's about to unfold before me. Well, he he's determined to play until he's like 50 or something like that. So, you know. I guess after that, he'll play on the, the Champions NFL. Follow maybe, the, the TB12 system, and you can too. Maybe that's what he's trying to do. Maybe he's trying to start up like an over-50 league. I'm thinking he just tries to stay in shape before maybe making a few runs at the Champions Tour. But here's the deal. like, you know, he's Let's be honest. Tom Brady's never been the most agile QB ever. Uh, might be the greatest pocket passer of all time. Might have the greatest quarterback mind of all time, but as you start to slow and as your you know physical faculties start to dwindle, there's a lot more risk of getting injured. I mean, imagine if someone goes Joe Theismann on him. There goes his golf career. You know, it's it's tough being Tom Brady and having that thought in the back of your mind. Probably. I'm sure it's super tough being Tom Brady. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I I'm sure. You know, if that were to happen, he would likely receive the best medical care money can buy um, and would probably be OK. Yeah, I mean, I don't doubt it. Um, so you mentioned before we finished the Hawaiian swing. It's awesome. I tell you what, we talked about how you know windy it normally is. And let's be honest, these guys got some pretty good weather. They moved the tee times up yesterday on on Sunday. Uh, our man, Kevin Na, was the winner. But realistically, our real man. Brennan Steele had a great second place finish. He played fantastic. He took the third stroke lead into the final round. Just didn't missed a few putts here or there. Just couldn't really clean up on the greens. I, I want to read you a stat, Scott, because this is this is almost mind blowing. If I asked you to to come up with a list of the top ten winners on tour that have the most wins since January of 2018, so realistically, you know. Three years to the day, all of 2018, all of 2019, all of 2020. Listeners at home, you can play along too. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and 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 give me Scott, you know, three or four of those names right off the top, and I'll tell you if you're correct. Top ten yeah. winners, most wins last Dustin, three years. Dustin Johnson, of course, he's number one. Great job. Uh, 
Yeah, thank you. Uh, Justin Thomas. Right, let's get the obvious out of the way. Okay, DJ and JT at one and two. DJ has eight wins, JT has six. Uh, Patrick Reed? Uh, Patrick Reed only has three wins, but you're right. He's in the top ten. Who's right after JT? So three puts you in the top ten? Three puts you in the top ten. Okay, Uh, since 2018. Since 2018. Uh, Well... I mean, Kevin Na's got to be on there then. Kevin Na right now sits at sixth. He is tied with John Rahm. He is one win behind Rory and Brooks. He is one Hmm. win ahead of Tiger, Bubba, Reed, and Webb. Now, I'm going to guarantee that everyone probably picked that because obviously— you know, we're leading into and alluding to Kevin Na because he won yesterday. But right. realistically, before yesterday, who in their right mind remembers that Kevin Na won four times on tour or the fact that he's in such elite company in that echelon of golfers that I just mentioned? How, how many does he have in that time period? Is it he four? has four. He has four. It goes DJ with eight, JT with six, Bryson has six, Brooksy and Roars both have five, and then Kevin Na with four wins. Yeah, I, I'm actually not surprised. 37 years old, 18 years into his professional career, Scott. 19 years old, he started. Yeah, I, I'm actually not surprised because I, I kind of remember him winning at a fairly decent clip over the course of those two or three years. Um, So, you know, again, it, it's, you know, some people kind of stick out. And he's he's one of them, although you wouldn't really think it because he's not a big name. He's, you know, but he's the epitome of, you know, being a, a crafty veteran sticking around, knowing Correct. how to win. Correct. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm not surprised. That's all I have to say. I couldn't agree with that more. He obviously is not in the mold of all these bombers, these young guns on tour. We mentioned him. He's three years away from 40. But this next fact got me even more. When you look at everybody else in the top 10, every single one of those persons, to a man, has made either the President's Cup or the Ryder Cup. Guess how many President's Cups or Ryder Cup teams Kevin Na has made? A grand total of none, I believe. Correct. Absolutely nothing. I mean, it's, it's, you know, that's mind-blowing when you think about it. A guy that was, you know... That's a prodigious win total, four times over three years. And we talked a few episodes back. I talked. I'm not sure people agree with me, but I'll, I'll still hold to this fact a little bit. And the fact that you know winning a full-field tour event, I argued, is just as impressive to an actual golf fan, someone that knows the game, as it is to winning you know a major. Kevin Nye yesterday beat 152 guys, 148 guys, right? When mm-hmm. When— when guys like, um, uh, what's his face, uh, Zach Johnson win the Masters and he's beaten you know, legitimately 30 guys, you know, what's more impressive? You know, I, I don't know. Four, four wins in the last three years is phenomenal in my book. And, and, and again, let me reiterate to the listeners out there the names of the people he's ahead of. Webb, Reed, Watson, and Woods. Yeah, I mean that, and and those are just the people in the top ten. Correct. You know, if you if you scroll down a little bit oh, more correct. on there, 
there, there's some crazy names. So, yeah, I, just looking at on PGA Tour.com, uh, just looking at his results over the, the course of those years, like he's a he's a cut machine. Like, you know, he, he you know, make make 14 cuts, cut once, cut four times, you know, you know, miss miss five cuts, made 15. Yeah, you know, so that's but again, that's how you stick around on the PGA tour is by making cuts, setting up opportunities for yourself, getting a win here and there, and you know, taking home almost four million bucks a year. Right. Kisner had a great line earlier in the week, and they said, uh, you know, you can win anywhere on a tour, right? He said, no, of course I can't. Said, what do you mean? He says, I, there's like three places I can win. And the reporter says, well, why do you show up? But Kisner had the greatest line. He says, because you realize they gave a butt ton of money for 20th place. You make yeah. cuts, you make money. Making money allows you to be free and relaxed with your swing and to the tournaments you want. And then... What are you doing when you make cuts? You put it best. You're continually giving yourself opportunities to win. Nah has capitalized on that. That that's absolutely correct. And that's again, that's that's not everybody is going to go out and win all the time. Like almost nobody does that except for, you know, Mr. Tiger Woods. Right. Um, and, and, and even that was, you know, an aberration in his career. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, a few more notes from yesterday. The 18th, now Nah had, you know, Nah was tied for the lead with Chris Kirk uh, coming under 18. The 18th hole, Scott, is the toughest driving hole on tour. On tour. That includes the majors and everything. It's hit at an average of 33% of the time. Both Steely and Nah blew it through the dog leg just a little bit into the fairway. Nah blows it over the green, gets up and down, super smooth, great chip. Uh, makes the birdie off for the win, right? That's fantastic. That's that's a really, really low number, 33%. And this is a full field event, mind you. So you're having a ton more people come through and play. Now, Neiman, who literally had the best Hawaii swing without winning, you know, a pair of runner-up mm-hmm. finishes, top, you know, top threes all the way through both events, he went a little bit less than driver and ends up in the fairway bunker, essentially, you know, ending his chance of coming out on top. And it shows again that strokes gained off the tee is the most important fact because both of these guys blew it through any of the trouble and had a nice, you know, I, th- I think not hit like six iron into a par five yesterday. And Nas not the longest dude on tour. No, not not by any stretch of the imagination. Now, going into some other things that would be very reminiscent and near and dear to this podcast's heart, yesterday, one of the things I noticed is that Kevin Na now has his own logo. And we've mentioned this. Golfers are really getting into this because they're not a team. They don't wear a jersey. Uh, Most professional sports fans will tell you that they root for a certain team. We all know that's a lie. You root for a jersey. That's what you're rooting for. Because if a player you hate on Team A comes to your Team B, now you love that player. You know, you root oh, for a city, you root for a jersey. It's not, it's not real fandom. But in golf, in golf, you're you're invested. You know, for the true fans, the real diehards out there that love a certain player or whatever, you're invested in that guy. Maybe in their, you know, in their life, and you want to see them succeed for a myriad of reasons. Maybe you like the way they dress. Maybe you like the way they act on the course. Maybe you like their swing. Whatever. 
But golfers need to capitalize like a team, and they don't have uh, you know, a New York Jets logo on them. Thank God they'd never make the cut. No. But what golfers are starting to do is they're starting to take their silhouette or something they're famous for, turn it into a silhouette, and then put it on their clothing. Now, if they're not doing that, you're going the Sergio Garcia route or the Tom Brady route where you're taking the initials of your name, you're putting them into a logo with maybe a team number or something or something that's you know near right. and dear to your heart. And then that's how you get like the SG Sergio Garcia that Adidas made for him. But we're not talking about that now. We're talking about the silhouettes and the logos of golfers. So Kevin Na has one. It's pretty interesting. Go look it up online right now on your phone, wherever you are. Not if you're driving, please. But Kevin Na is you know, known for walking in his putts early. He doesn't do it to showboat. Something he's been doing since junior golf. So the logo, Scott, is him bending over to pick up the ball out of the cup. That is Kevin Na's logo. Yes, it is. Seve had a very famous logo of him doing, you know, a, a putter raise. Phil has the the six inch jump for winning the vertical. his first. Correct, six inch vertical for winning his first master. So it got me thinking, Scott. I'm curious if if you think any other players out there should have, you know, their own logo, a silhouetted type logo. I've got a few in my mind, but I'm curious if there's any that that you thought are not being utilized properly. Maybe we can give a little bit of, um, you know, maybe we can be the muse for some of these pros out there. I mean, obviously the first one who comes to mind is Tiger. Sure. So, you know, the question is, which of the moments do you pick? Like, you know, is it, you know, the the 2008 US Open? Is it fist pumping at the the 97 Masters? Like, what what do you go with if you're Tiger? I guess that's why you end up with the the TW, you know, initials that he has. Yeah, you you can't do Tory Pines because that looks like a move where Tiger got a lot of trouble for years back. Fair, fair. Okay, fair. so 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 what I think you do is is I go Google it, kids. Uh, what I think you do is you do the Tiger fist pump. I yeah, think he, that's fair. I think that's the safe bet for Tiger. Yeah. Um, we, you know, we, we have our own silhouette logo, Scott, for leave the pin. If only we knew which golfer that was. Hmm. Yeah. That's gotta be a tough one. I guess it'll always remain a mystery. However, if you would like to use that logo out there, please feel free to, you know, give Scott and myself a monetary denomination. We'll see if we can get that done. Um, I was thinking Scott, Ian Poulter, circa, 1999 to 2003, and it's Poulter with the big spiky hair. You it know stands that. out. You know, yep. you know who it was. And and if there was a way to have his eyes bugging out of his head, as you know, is reminiscent of very Menorati cups against the U.S. Uh, I'm sure uh, Tyler could come up with something. Jim Furyk is another one. It's a very recognizable swing. I, I think if you showed that at the top mm-hmm. of his backswing at a silhouette, almost like the top of, well, I don't really have a top of my backswing. Um, but if you showed that, people would probably, eh, you know what, that kind of looks like, you know, so-and-so. I mean, do you, do you have the obvious Payne Stewart one also? That's a great one, sure. All you got to do is have the hat. And then and it's very easy to modify because you can just make the person twice as thick, throw the hat on, and now you have Bryson. But fair, fair. Um, and obviously he has a you know a very famous golf pose. Uh, so so that works too. Correct. 
Um, let's think I, who, who else well, we got. I, I was well, I was thinking Sergio. I know he has the SG, but why not? I mean, Sergio has a very famous silhouette. It could be him spitting into a cup. I thought that was very apropos. Uh, see, I thought you were going to go with the, you know, the, the, I guess it's a hurdle up of the hill at the PGA championship that one year. Well, but, you know, the, the Valderrama one is very iconic, but I don't think it truly suits who Sergio is as a person. Gotcha. What about, um, what about, uh, I mean, I see you either Rory or Patrick Reed doing the, the shush at the Ryder cup. It's a very good one. I would love that for Patrick Reed, honestly. I think that would sell well. Um, I was thinking we could have Brooks Kepka, uh, trophy in one hand, blonde bombshell in the other. Uh, or a dumbbell. Correct. I mean, I don't know if you want to call him that to his face, but yep, correct. <laughs> um, what about uh, what about DJ? DJ's a great one. I mean, which one do you pick? Falling downstairs on the back of a jet ski? I don't know. Hey, I, Scott! Oh, oh, perfect. DJ's here. Hey, Dan, Dan hey. did you want to ask DJ a question? Dan? Dan? Is Dan? D- no, Scott is DJ. My name is Dustin, not Dan. I guess Dan had to skip out again. Hey, hey, Dustin, we're talking about golfer logos. Yeah, I know. Listen, bro, I was listening. So listen, uh... What's a logo? Oh, 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 Scott. Come on, man. I'm not that high. I understand. The other day, I was building a logo city. And I had these little mini figs. And I, I made a logo gas station and a logo plane. DJ, uh, those, are, those are Legos. Yeah, that's what I said, man. Listen, can you help me, Scott? I was thinking of monopolizing my persona. What? Oh, monetizing my logo. Scott, help me make some money. So that's what we were talking about. So we were talking about how we could take uh, your silhouette and incorporate that into some kind of logo for you. Scott? Um, Scott? Yes? Can you please use real words when you talk to me? Oh, do you know what a shadow is? Mm, Austin Johnson. Okay, so if we were to take a picture of you to yeah. repre- to represent I like taking pictures, Scott, to represent what you're all about, right? In oh, one, in, uh, so in mm. each of your hands, you're gonna hold two, one thing. Oh, so what would you hold in each hand? Well, I mean, I guess I should just tell you what's in my hands right now. Scott, can I talk about drugs on this podcast? I, I mean, you can just. You know, I don't know if the tour listens. Scott, listen, I don't like the drugs, but Scott, the drugs like me. Okay. Um, yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Understood. Definitely understand. So, so, so I'm just curious, Scott, before I have to leave and jump on my jet ski, wee, I was just curious as to what silhouette would you make for me, so then I can tell my publicist and make some money. So for you, I would have your your driver in one hand because you're you know a great driver of the golf ball. Yes, I am. A- and in the other hand, I would have you know something that helps you prepare 
uh, for for your round. So it could be like a, mm. a yardage book or okay. or uh, you know uh, maybe you know you listen to music. So maybe it could be like your your phone, some headphones. Well, I love the Grateful Dead. Gotcha. Gotcha. I mean, anything that you you do, you know, before round to get in the zone or relax, anything like that. Oh, sure, Scott. Let me let you in on a little uh, professional athlete secret. Well, I like to always make sure I take care of my joints before a round. Well, it's very important. So definitely, definitely. So, so. I go to the physio trailer and they take care of my joints. Perfect. That's exactly what I thought you meant. Okay. I'd love to stay in chat. I got important things to do, like lay around, talk to my wife, and ride my jet ski. I'm sleeping in my master's jacket tonight. Bye. So long, DJ. So have you have you thought of any other one, Scott, a- at all? A final I, one to kind of put this to bed at? I mean, you you did just miss DJ. Um, I, I did have one more before DJ got here, but yeah, yeah, yeah. One, you know what, uh, man, one day, one day, one day, yeah. one day. So, um, the, the last one I was thinking, by the way, before you know, DJ showed up, right? Um, what about but Justin Rose from his first open? Oh. Where he's got kind of the his outstretched arms with the yeah. hat and the yeah. putter or something like that. Yeah, looking up to the sky. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, I like that. I do like that one a lot. Um, I, I think I'm all out of them. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to rehash what DJ said or didn't say because you know, I mean, it is what it is at this point. Um, it just you'll listen back and. It, it, yeah, you know it, what? Is, it is what it is. Yeah, it always is at this point. I was thinking maybe Zach Johnson with big oversized Titleist mitts. You know how he wore those during the Ryder Cup and during the Open Championship? Mm. He's always walking around with those mitts. Got a little cold hands all the time. I understand. My hands are always cold. I hate the cold. Right. So no. That. Yeah, that would Definitely. be a low throw maybe I'd, I'd be in on. But um, eh, it's neither here nor there. You know what, Scott? Let's talk about Eagles and Arrows. Real quick, change uh, tones a bit to maybe something something a little bit more classy uh, on the golf course. Eagles and Arrows, as everybody knows, is a sponsor of of this podcast. And, uh, you know, I want to go over some of the products that they sell out there because they have just dropped um, what I think is like the mega nuke bomb on the industry. So we know them for their hats, obviously the glove membership at Augusta West, which gets you an Augusta West membership, which is Grant's home course that he's building in his backyard, has a bunch of holes done, gets you a member's T-shirt. They do T-shirts. They do them for veterans. They do them in all different styles. Um, But one of the coolest things, Scott, is they are starting head covers. And what I love about it and what I love about all of Eagles and Arrows is it's kind of like that understated elegance in golf, you know? Um, and, and you know, Scott, that, that I tend to be a little bit more towards the modern uh, when I play. You know, I definitely don't look like the typical golfer, even though I have a great reverence for the game. But Eagles and Arrows kind of takes me back to that time, and I always feel great wearing their stuff. So right now... And and this is nuts because Grant told me they were selling fast, but they're offering um, 
basically a, a, a checked head cover, uh, a tartan-esque head cover with mm. bluish green, black and white plaid design on it called the Lad. $39, which is just an absolute steal for a head cover of this quality. Fits a driver of fairway wood. He told me they were selling. I do know what the print run for these were. There are three left in stock right now. I was just so, going to say, if, if <laughs> by the I mean, time this, because uh, I'm on their website right now, and it says there's three left. By the time you're listening to this podcast, there's a good chance you missed out on this. But if you did not, it's pretty sweet looking. And again, you know, it obviously sold pretty quickly. So mm, looks like a lot of people like it. Very understated, you know, we're not plastering eagles and arrows everywhere. There's a little tag that just says it, you know, you know of the brand's quality and workmanship, and you know, it doesn't need to be shattered from the rooftops. They do free orders, free shipping, excuse me, free orders would be amazing. We're not there yet. Free shipping on orders over 50 bucks. So, I mean, literally, the head cover and then a hat, the head cover and a glove, the head cover and one of their awesome t-shirts. I mean, it, it's it's fantastic, you know, I, I wear the t-shirts all the time. Um, I've got a head cover coming to me, but they do valuables, bags, pouches. Everything is just top-notch quality. I mean, you know, you name it, Scott, from, from gloves to hats to everything. They've got you covered. Eaglesandarrows.com. Follow them on Instagram, eaglesandarrowsco on Instagram. Uh, Scott, did you see the whole story around Chris Kirk yesterday? Uh, I didn't see it. You know, the whole story, I kind of knew what was going on. Uh, I knew he had been out. I really wasn't too familiar with his, you know, what's been going on with him. Right. His situation. Uh, I knew he won on the Corn Ferry uh, and then was back on the tour, um, you know, because of that. So. So Chris Kirk finishes second yesterday. I mean, just phenomenal playing, you know, a stroke away from winning if it wasn't for Nah. But what's more important, and I think these stories that go overlooked on tour, is how important some of these high finishes are, how important every stroke is to certain people. Now, Chris Kirk was a guy that that took a, a six-month leave of absence. They gave him a me- major medical exemption uh, to deal with something that not a lot of people talk about. He was an alcoholic. He was fighting depression. And you know a lot of those things, especially when they don't show physical signs, people tend to brush them by the wayside. And, you know, as you and I know, and we know many people, golf and alcoholism go hand in hand, Mm. Uh, especially golf and alcohol. And, and, you know, a lot of times it does tend to go down the road of becoming an alcoholic. He got to the point where he said, you know, I've got to drink the right amount at night just so I feel normal the next day. Uh, Not so much that I'm hungover, but I can't not have anything or I'm going to feel weird the next day and then I can't play. So he's been really open about this, really upfront. Um, you know, as as much as I am against that in my personal life, I do love a redemption story, and I love someone grabbing life by the balls and saying, "Look, I had this problem. It's not who I am anymore. I'm gonna fight it. You know, I don't care what you think about it, but I'm gonna ma- I'm gonna get myself right, and I'm gonna do it without alcohol or out substance." Uh, and he proved not only to himself, but all of his new fans yesterday that he can do that. Wrapped up a two-year card on tour. Man is is living life right now. 
Yeah, and and you know what? He's he's only thirty seven right now, or thirty five, somewhere in that range, thirty five. So he's got plenty of time left. Where if you know he's he's got his act together, and you know again he can make some cuts and put himself in contention, and, and you know maybe get some wins. I think he's already has like three or four tour wins. You know, there's a again, it's a big difference for people who you know have four tour wins to to five. You know. So if he can get that one more and, and now he's like, you know, a five-time tour winner and, you know, maybe a few more in the, here and there. Again, he wins once, you know, every year between now and when he turns 40. That's that's a pretty solid career. Yeah, I mean, this could be a career renaissance for him, you know, without the use of substances that literally he relied upon beforehand. Right. And you know what? It's tough because you're out, you're in a different city every day you know, where every week, um, you know, you have a, you know, plenty of money, you know, I, I get it. I get it. It's a lot high pressure job. And, you know, sometimes you just chase it. And I guess he, uh, you know, he realized he was having a problem for whatever reason and got that taken care of. And now, you know, hopefully he's, he's ready to be, you know, back on top. Right. And you figure, you know, if you're not a, a really strong-willed person and you have some of these addictive tendencies to begin with, you understand how hard it is out on tour because when you're a tour pro, everyone wants to just give you stuff. You know, hey, come out to eat with me. Come drink with me. Uh, wear this shirt. Let's take you out to dinner. And it really has become synonymous with the tour. And there are some people that can get by with doing it minimally. And then there are obviously other people that take it to a whole nother John Daly-esque level. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Our so. um, a good friend, one of the men that we'd love to see come back to a top 10 in the world, Jordan Spieth is actually drawing a little bit of attention, not so much for his game right now, but for his possible working relationship with Butch Harmon. Uh, Jordan Spieth, obviously... Continues to work with Cameron McCormick, who has been his lifelong coach since he was a child. Yep. But in October, Scott, the CJ Cup in Vegas, uh, Spieth, with McCormick's blessing, called Harmon, come out, take a look at my swing. Um, he's not leaving McCormick, he says, but I guess he just wanted an extra set of eyes. And if you're looking for an extra set of eyes, you really are hard-pressed to do worse. Than or better, excuse me, than mm. Butch Harmon. It's like if you're, you know, you're a rapper or something like that, and you're trying to get your album all set up, and you you can't like come up with beats or something like that. You know, you call Dr. Dre and bring him in as a consultant. You know, you know, he went to the the guy, the top guy, and just had him take a look. Right, and, and you it, might not be a rap doctor, but he is definitely a swing doctor. Exactly. So it, it can't hurt. Uh, it can only help. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's probably smart that he's he's still with Cameron McCormick, too, because then you you end up with the whole like Tiger Woods thing. We just have too many swing thoughts. And I think if there's anything Jordan Spieth doesn't need, it's too many swing thoughts. Exactly. So. You know, there's enough going on in that head at takeaway and impact. Um, I thought it was very classy of Butch, and you'd expect nothing less of him. He was very upset the other day when it was reported by some golf media outlets that he was working with Jordan. And he says, look, that's just not true. Quote, unquote, that's not fair to Cam. 
That's not fair to Jordan. It's not fair to me. All I did was give him my opinion, which a lot of guys come for. And I think, you know, in, if if Spieth was to go that route, you know, I don't necessarily think that that is the right thought process to begin with. I think you put it best like you just said. You know, who knows him better than himself? And that's McCormick, who's been working with him since childhood. Right. And if, if I remember correctly, Butch Harmon is not really working with anyone like on a regular basis anymore. He's really more of a, you know, a, someone you call like as a swing doctor. But then he's also kind of like, I almost want to call him like a golf life coach where, well, you know, I like that, where he'll like call you like before a tournament and get you pumped up. Like I remember when, when Ricky Fowler started working with him. And the first thing he said to Ricky Fowler was, hey, I got a question for you. You trying to sell clothes or win golf tournaments? And well, let's be honest, Ricky's trying to sell clothes. Well, but that was the thing. And like that that stuck with Ricky. And that was the year that he ended up going crazy in the majors um, with the, the four top fives. Yeah, top so, five in every major that year. Yeah. So, you know, there's something to it. And there's there's something to him, you know, being a motivator and, and making sure that, you know, the guys that he's working with, you know, are on, you know, the right path and not necessarily, you know, remaking their swing, just, you know, knowing how to, you know, go out there and, and approach a tournament and, and be a professional. Not that Jordan Spieth doesn't know that already, but it's always good to get a second opinion. And, you know, Butch Harmon's opinion is second to none. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if who in golf, holds a higher place in terms of endearment amongst professional golfers and in, in in terms of legacy. I mean, the Harmon family is synonymous with golf. So if you are truly searching for something and you have the blessing of your coach, you know, what other mountaintop do you go to aside from the Harmon? Now, nah, and again, I, I'm being from the Westchester area, which is where the, the Harmons were kind of based, you know, there's a, a few private clubs that still have a, a Harmon family member as the pro. So yep. this is, you know, they're, they're very much entrenched in, in golf and, and in being, you know, high end, you know, golf professionals. So right. he, he's, he's the guy. So, you know, Last, if you, and, and you know what, and look, hopefully he can get speech back because, that is a young gun that is nowhere near his prime yet, and there's still a lot of golf tournaments in that dude. Yeah, exactly. And he's I great mean, for I, the game. I, I, yeah, and if I the only name that's probably bigger in terms of being a you know a teaching pro is Ledbetter. So yeah, and and let's be honest, like Ledbetter does not hold the same cachet as Butch Harmon. Not anymore. No, definitely. No, not. no not at all. Maybe to Patrick Reed he does, but that's about it. Yeah, again, it's it's a name at this point. Um, last thing I've got on my mind, there was a big corporate restructuring within NBC and the Golf Channel. We lost a lot of Golf Channel icons lately, David Ferrity being one of them, a bunch of people on Morning Drive. That show is gone. And they've replaced, and there's been some early success on shows like Golf Today. One of the interesting points I read, Scott, in a New York Times article was the fact that one of the industry insiders that worked for the corporate restructuring of the Golf Channel mentioned the explosion of podcasts 
has meant more spaces than ever for golf's most interesting people to tell their stories in long form style. Obviously, mm-hmm. what we do here when we have guests on and what you and I do yeah. every week. So even guys like Ferrier that had this enormous star power, I mean, you know, people watched everything he did, one of the most watched individuals on Golf Channel, even that couldn't save them, you know, kind of from their restructuring bid then. It was kind of interesting to see, um, I don't want to say podcast taking the blame for them because obviously I feel like there's a place for anybody in golf you know, to, to talk about you as the consumer decide, do I vibe with these people? Do I like that one or, or whatnot? It's up to you. Uh, but a very interesting piece. And if they were making money and they would keep doing it. So that's the thing. It's, you know, how much money were they making because of morning drive and Faraday and, and all that, where it, it was to the point where they had to make a change. So the thing, like you said, like podcasts, like literally anyone could start a podcast. Uh, and the, you know, they don't have to pay them, you know, to be on TV. They don't have to pay a crew. So again, they're still, and, and NBC golf will still end up having that content. It's just going to be in a different format. And, right. and there'll be a ton of other options for people out there as well. So, you know, eventually what will end up happening is if there's a calling for, you know, the a TV production, then that'll be back. But it doesn't make sense for them to do it. So they didn't do it. They're not doing it anymore. Yeah, I mean, the thing is with the way that media is streamed nowadays and the way that people consume and get their information, you don't, you know, the, the, the corporate structure of these archaic, big, monopolized, you know, TV industries really is, has, has gone by the wayside. You know, the, the people hold all the power now when it comes to consuming the product. And I think that's, you know, more than ever evident in, in the golf space over this last year. Listen, I, I have a, a relative who works in the TV industry. His job, and, and this is a job that would exist on a show like Morning Drive, uh, his job is to, when there's a screen that is shot to be on the TV, to make it look good on TV. Because screens, if you just normally shoot them with a camera, aren't going to look right. That So that's his entire job. He said it takes him maybe an hour a day um, uh, in an eight-hour filming schedule to do what he has to do. But he gets to paid to be on set for eight hours. Yeah. You know, that's at, a at downtime. Exactly. And and he gets paid like almost a thousand dollars a day to do that. So if you think about it, like how many people like that are involved in a TV production that quite frankly, you can I hate to say this, but you could cut that out and, you know, have something, you know, via podcast, stream something via Instagram or or put out TikTok and things like that, and still essentially, you know, have the same content just without some of those visual elements and save a significant portion of money and still be providing the same level of service that you were before. So, yeah, I I mean, it, it, it literally was people throwing away money up until four or five years ago. 
Yeah, and you know, and, and once the you know once the advertising dollars dry up, like you know, does it become worth it? You know, the cable providers also. You know, at one point, you know, these channels were making money from the cable providers. That money's not there anymore either. So, because people are leaving cable to go to streaming. Yep. Yep. It is. It's completely changed the industry and the way people consume. Exactly. So. And and honestly, for the for the consumer, I think for the better. Oh, definitely. You know, because then I I don't have to pay out you know a ton of money out of pocket for a bunch of channels I'm not going to watch, and you know I can pay just to have you know ESPN stream because that's really you know for the most part that's the only thing I watch fairly consistently. So great, I can cut back on my cable package, and then I'm still getting you know a ton of content from ESPN. Yep. NBC Golf could start their own streaming platform. Oh wait, there it did. Mm-hmm. Um, so there you go. Problem solved. Um, we got to talk about one more thing. We mentioned it last week. Um, I did a TikTok video which a bunch of people watched. It's almost at fifty-five thousand views right now, and a lot of people said, "Oh, you're crazy. Justin Thomas will uh will not lose his sponsorship." Well, Ralph Lauren has dumped JT. So I'm just curious, Scott, next week when he shows up in Abu Dhabi, this week currently, what do you think he's wearing? He wears Titleist hat, wears Footjoy shoes, so he's wearing Titleist. Do you think he goes Titleist clothing? Yep. I I would say that that, that'll be the least surprising thing that happens. Be very interesting. In all honesty, I'm not surprised Polo dumped him. Um... And that that wasn't that surprising, but him showing up in Titleist will be or Footjoy will be the the least surprising bit of right. all this. Right. Because and again, it's you know he's you know they're uh, he's already sponsored by them, so it's just a matter of okay, well now I'm wearing your clothes too. Uh, do I think he's getting extra money to throw on a you know? Footjoy outfit? Probably not. Not initially, but that's what he's going to be wearing. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be very interesting to see how that plays out in the next few weeks. If someone's willing to, to you know, get on that train and, and kind of touch that hot iron right now. Uh, I'm not sure someone is, but there are I, a lot of um, smaller companies that might jump on it. Well, here's the other thing. I don't know how good the fit necessarily is, but you know, you see, you know, like Jordan brand sponsoring people, right? Sure. Does Justin Thomas become the first non Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods sponsored athlete? Hmm. I, you know, they're, they're friends. I did not think about that. That is a phenomenal take right there. They're friends. I, I would assume Nike's going to want to continue the brand. You would think. You know, so who better than, you know, someone who's, you know, obviously a great golfer, who's f- still fairly young, who's friendly with Tiger, and who right now could use a redemption story. Yeah, I mean, and let's be honest, Tiger knows all about redemption stories. So, 
you know what, you know, does Tiger make the call like for his buddy and be like, listen, you know, let, let's do the right thing here. You know, let, let's try and, let's try and help this guy out. You know, we're all about, you know, learning from our mistakes. That's, and you know, that, that might be a good opportunity for Nike to, you know, not necessarily back away from Tiger, but, you know, keep that, keep that going. Do you think though, do you, is, is he marketable right now? Like at this time, do we need to wait a month for things to die down and, and him not win a tournament? You know what I mean? And, and then we get into, into all that. Or do you think a company jumps on it now while he's still like molten? I, I don't, like I said, I don't think he's getting paid to do anything at this point, but if he just showed up wearing a, a Tiger Woods logo polo, right. And he's like, you know, and he's just like, yeah, you know, like, uh, you know, I'm friends with Tiger, you know, I, I, you know, I need to wear something. Uh, so, you know, Tiger's like, hey, you know, why don't you, why don't you throw this on for the next couple tournaments and, you know, see how it goes for you. You know, maybe we can work something out at some point, but, you know, right now it's just something to wear. Yeah, again, I, I still think it'll end up being Titleist because, you know, the connection already you know, his dad obviously being a, you know, a professional also, yep. you know, probably on, you know, a title of staffer, you know, so there's obviously that going on, but, you know, you never know. You never know what is going on in, in you know, marketing departments. Tiger, you know, I would still think has a ton of pull at Nike. Uh, so, yeah, saying. I mean, you would, you would think that one of the brands that, that stuck with him, you know, um, Ralph Lauren, did leave it open to JT possibly coming back. They said that as long as he does the hard work that's needed to be done, it's very vague. We understand that, that we may be able to you know welcome him back to the family in the future. So it kind of seems like Ralph Lauren is not really too shaken up about this. Um, they realize what a marketing bonanza JT is. And I think by saying that, it shows JT some good faith that we're willing to be with you when you're not such a, you know, hard, hard topic to touch right now. Um, because look, let's be honest, they make a ton of money off of him with the RLX line. I mean, the other possibility is that, you know, he went to them and said, Hey, listen, why don't you step back for a little bit on it? You know, like, I I don't want to put you through this, but in the next, you know, year or two, you know, we have a, we'll have another conversation about coming back on board and someone at Polo was just like, yep, that sounds good to us. And yep. that's what happened. Yep. Let's get, you know, I'm behind the scenes. It was all, I'm sure let's get ahead of the story. Let's get in front of it, you know, blah, 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 blah. And down the road, three, four months, no one's going to remember something else is going to happen and we'll sign him back. We're not going to make a big deal, but he'll just start wearing the clothes again. Simple as that. Strangely enough, I actually know a guy who knows Ralph Lauren. I I'm, I haven't talked to him in a little bit because of COVID, but I might shoot him a text and be like, hey, do me a favor, find out what's up with Justin Thomas. <laughs> I like the fact that you actually pronounce it correctly. Most people call it Ralph Lauren, which it is not. Mm. It is pronounced Lauren. There's a fact yeah. for you. Um, all right, real quick before we go, Scott, we just surpassed 75 thousand unique individual downloads of the podcast uh that's an insane number what in the actual hell (laughs) thank Uh, you people thank you 
Uh, that's again, it's inexplicable. Um, but what, whatever. I mean, people like what we have to say. <laughs> I don't get it, but I love it, and I appreciate greatly. So either get busy golfing or get busy dying. Be good, everybody. <laughs>